Whoa! Wait a minute. It's six o'clock. Guess who's back? John Browner, Jason Lawhead. In the building for Browner and Lawhead. I know you guys may have been hearing the show coming in a different way previously because, you know, flights and uh, doubling up of things and, and being on this show, being on that show. But your boys are back. Now we're back on our Friday, which basically means we're gone after this. But your boys are back in the building. We're giving y'all fun. We're giving y'all entertainment. We're giving you sports. We're giving you fun with the facts as we do. John Browner, as always, joined by my main man, Jason Lawhead, worldwide comedian extraordinaire. We, and also don't forget the design expert. He's an interior design expert. If y'all looking to get some tips on how to improve your homes, my man got y'all on the Mightier 1090 on ESPN Cook. Radio. And, oh, and and a chef. Don't call yourself a cook, fool. You a chef. Yeah, I, 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 don't downgrade yourself. I know my way around it. Know my way around the kitchen a little no, don't, bit. Don't sure, downgrade sure. yourself. Cook. I can cook. You chef. I cook. Oh, yeah. You can find everything. You can find everything on today's show that we do Monday through Wednesday, six to seven p.m. on iTunes under Kaplan and Crew under YouTube under the same moniker. Now, Jason, how are you, my friend? Good, buddy. How you doing? Good to be back in the seat with you instead of I, you. I would say it's been a while, but I saw you yesterday. So, yes. not really. I yeah. I presided over the hearings. Right, yes. Judge Judge <laughs> Lawhead. Okay, and by the way, just like Snoop and OJ, acquitted. Murder was the case that they gave me, but I <laughs> beat that wasn't enough to. Yeah, they didn't make enough fit. You he know, wants to quit. Scott was doing his old uh, uh, Mark Furman impression, tainted the evidence. <laughs> And I got off. I got, I got off, stuff. bro. I got That's off, bro. Stuff. On today's show, obviously, we just got back. So we haven't talked about the Super Bowl. So we'll get into that as a show. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about a little bit of Valentine's Day talk uh, between NFL players, which is always great. Uh, we'll break down the, the quarterback carousel now that the season is actually over. And then we'll spend a couple of minutes talking about the Lakers trade, Katie to the Suns, Kyrie to the Mavs. And we'll break down this trend I had uh, seeing LeBron during the the LeBron talk around the Super Bowl, which I got some really, really tough news. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult for you guys to hear. But if no one <laughs> says it, it has to be us. More importantly, one of us, it'll be me. So to kick the show Can't off. Wait. No clue what you're talking about. I mean, I know. The, the yeah, two of us. A little bit of. Yeah, a hint, but interesting. We gave y'all our Super Bowl predictions. Somehow, mm -hmm. magically, both of us picked 28-24, Kansas City. Little did we know. Now, 28-24 is a close game. So I think we both felt like it would be a close game, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be a close game like many people expected. 38-35, not, not, I didn't see 35 with that Eagles defense, but one thing I think yeah. I, I walked away from that game going one, regardless of the holding penalty, which it was, the better team won. And going forward, Jalen Hurts, if he gets his shoulder fixed, because that last Hail Mary play was just disgustingly terrible, he might be a problem. He might be a problem. Jason, of the Super Bowl, what were the what were some of the things that stuck out to you the most? Um, yeah, first off. Every reason I took the Chiefs, in my opinion, I don't think the better team won. When you say the better team, I think wow. you know. Well, I think 
I take nothing away from Kansas City. They're a great team. And when you look at the, the totality of the team and all of it, like, I don't know if the best team won. I mean, Jalen Hurts doesn't put that ball on the ground and but kick he did. it the other way. I'm just saying, kick it the other way into the end zone. I mean, he puts up Mahomes type of MVP Super Bowl historic numbers if that's not the case and the difference in the game, in my opinion. Mahomes, 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 yes, they're very good. But I, I said before, a uh, hundred analytical reasons to take the Eagles. So many building up into that game. So many matchups, so many, you know, depth, so many ways to beat you, so many, you know, running game, you know, the amount of ability to get first downs, the amount of plays they're able to run. Clockwork, really, by the, the textbook version of keeping the ball out of his hands as much as they could. And obviously, paired with Andy Reid, what what a historic relationship that's going to be, no matter if that's their only two. Uh, Mahomes, uh, for 100 analytical reasons. And I said, I'm taking the Chiefs for one pretty non-analytical reason other than the guy's name, and that's Mahomes. And, um, yeah, I mean, truly, uh, 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 for the amount of time he had with the football and the amount of uh, efficiency they went on in the second half, uh, yeah, you can you can gripe about the holding call and say, man, that was sticky tack. They wish they wouldn't have thrown it. At least let the game go, you know, have a chance to go into overtime or lose it or win or whatever. Whatever. Look, the the Eagles shouldn't have been in that situation. It wasn't quite the give up that the the Falcons gave up to the Patriots. But when you look about when you look at the you know where you were with the football at certain times of the game with the score. You know, it's a big give up with the amount of talent that you had out there. So uh, a great comeback. It's a historic Patrick Mahomes moment for any quarterback. It would have been whether his last name was Montana or or Manning or Brady. I mean, it, it, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, legendary. I thought that the reason why I say the best team actually did win the game is because, like you said before, Patrick Mahomes had the ball in such a small amount of time and did so much with it. And with that defense to have zero sacks, Incredible. zero, they were the third, had the third most sacks in NFL history for a season. And they got zero sacks. And it wasn't as if Mahomes had a, a strategy where he's going to get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. There are a lot of plays where he was holding the ball. I thought that Eagles defense, once they got that lead, I thought that the Chiefs were in real trouble. But what it turned yeah. out to be was just that, Mahomes didn't have the ball long enough in the first half because the second he got an equal share of the ball, they lit it up. And so, to me, the Eagles had every opportunity to walk away with that sure. win, and the defense Good let them game. down. The, there are two sides of the football. Yep. The Chiefs held up their end on defense by three points, but nevertheless, they held it up. The Eagles did not hold up their end, and their offense, their defense was supposed to be just as good as their offense. And so when their defense did not hold their end of the bargain, I thought I thought the right. when the second half the Chiefs started rolling, I went, this is not good for the Eagles because I know Patrick Mahomes, once he gets going, he can score against anybody. I don't know if Jalen and that's the crazy that. and that but that's the crazy thing. As great as Mahomes played, Hertz was every step yes. along the way as good as him to win that game. That's why the game was 38-35. You point out. Yeah, the defense failed them. This great defense that we were about to put on an historic bench had they won this game and been able to beat this yes. Kansas City offense. We would have said, 
And, and you know what? Sadly, that if they would have won it, and even if they would have won it on defense with Jalen Hurts playing great, they would have propped this team up defensively for its leadership. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Hurts would have took taken the the second kind of step on this historic great team. But it, in fact, he was the guy that almost carried them to squeaking out a Super Bowl. And maybe mm-hmm. if he would have got the ball one more chance with a minute 40 to go, who knows what would have happened. But yes, uh, no, Mahomes. I mean, this is, that's what I, that my biggest takeaway is, you know, the one reason there was two, I gave him two things on John's list and it was Mahomes and the head coach. Mm-hmm. Same, I think same you gave here. him two things on John list. It was Mahomes and the head coach. And the, and those and, those those led out to be the reasons why they won the game. I honestly believe that because that they ran the same play twice at the goal line and scored. So like they they saw things in the second half holes within the Eagles defense, whether they knew them and saved them for the second half, or they saw them and then acted on them in the second half. Either way, it was coaching. When we talk about how much difference does a coaching staff make? Yes, you need a quarterback. Yes, you need good players. But once you get those, how can you execute with them? This was prime level execution by Andy Reid and his coaching staff. And therefore, they walked away with the win and the Eagles didn't. Um, From every game, there is something, right? Every Super Bowl has a moment. There's the the cat, the helmet catch. uh, um, You can pick any of these Patriot games that ended in a field goal by Vinatieri. This here, though, this here got the world cooking. This got the football world mad, mad. So Juju Smith-Schuster, the person who uh, oh, received a holding call. Oh, I never saw that. That, wow, that basically changed the game. Created this on Twitter, a happy Valentine's Day card wow. to the guy who held him on the play. And the card reads a little something like this. I'll hold you when it matters most. <laughs> Which is hilarious and awesome at the same time. Now, this, that tweet was met with a lot of skepticism and a lot of hate from other guys like A.J. Brown who said, hey, congratulations, you guys did win. But this is low class. It called him TikTok boy. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette said that, yeah, congratulations, y'all won. But you was on your way out the league as well, similar to what A.J. Brown said. And I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. I love it. This is how you get rivalries. This is how you get teams and guys just not liking each other. Ain't no, there's nothing wrong with this. For people to say, like, oh, no. this is classless on Juju's behalf. Bruh, get at your feelings. Get off your soapbox. That moment will live on forever because it's so controversial. Should the call be made? Should the call have not been made? I thought it was a hold from the initial video I saw. Come days later, there's more video to provide that there was a hold. But I saw the hold initially. Well, now, should they have called it at that point in time? No. But they did, and here we are. They could have not called it, is my point. I agree. What what, what I argued with Alex on the, I think, uh, the day you weren't there. I argued that, you know, is it a penalty? Yes, it is, and we've seen it called, but we've seen a lot worse not called in big regular season games, late in the game. Has that been a regular season game? Late, if that had been a one, o- ten o- 1 o'clock window game on CBS and other TVs had gone to it possibly because the game that they were watching in the regional air, if that was one and they called it and they let it get salted away just by like kneeling down to the field goal, you know, the NFL would be like, what are you guys doing, man? You know, don't call it. Give them another chance to go down and score three, right. go to overtime. Like, 
I'm just saying, like, we've seen that not called and worse a hundred times and it's happened to your team. And I just think that, you know, I feel like, you know, it's a Super Bowl. Like, you have some situational awareness as a ref and go, you know what? I'm not tossing that because the Philly Philly stopped them on this down. Philly stopped them on this down. So, and, yeah. With, with With everything that led into that, obviously we know how the game ended. And so we hadn't had a chance to hash out what happened in the Super Bowl. And so that's us breaking down our thoughts of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, paying off our John's list. Uh, we both picked the Chiefs. We both picked the close game. We got the scores wrong, but we got the winner right. And we got almost a proximity. We were in four that it was three. So, you know, hats off to a year of, of John's list prediction. Being really in the ballpark, by the way. Yeah. Uh, now that the season's over, there's already quarterback news coming out. Derek Carr has been released by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is an interesting move if you really think about it. There's also Aaron Rodgers out there not knowing where he wants to go. Lamar Jackson is now up in the air as well because he doesn't necessarily know if the Ravens want to pay him. Of these three quarterbacks, as our early, early, early talk as quarterback offseason, which one of these quarterbacks will make a larger move this offseason? I think Carr will make whatever move he makes will be large, probably. And I think it will be, you know, um, either, oh, you know, if it's a Jets, well, yeah, you could kind of see that. Come. Or if it's somebody else that you just kind of go, hmm, wow, I wonder how that's going to. I think there'll be whatever his move is, it'll be big enough to have, I think, a lot of speculation on how that move goes for both parties. I think, um, you know, yeah, I you know, Rogers leaving Green Bay would be grand slam news, but mm-hmm. I think that would be the two biggest ones. And then Lamar kind of with his relationship in Baltimore with it is it is. I mean, um, I think that's just going to be a tug of war till the end. I honestly think the move here is Aaron Rodgers. And here's why. At some point, both parties have to tap out and move on. And that's what we're looking at. This relationship is drug out. You're now not getting the benefit of it like you should. If you are the Green Bay Packers, just like any marriage, just like any job, you're going to take some slack from the other person because you benefit from the relationship. If you work at a company and they want you to work overtime, you're going to work the overtime because you're going to benefit from the company. But if the company start asking you to work overtime for regular time pay, that ain't happening. If the person in the relationship wants you to do more while they then in turn not give you more, that ain't going to happen. Well, it shouldn't happen. It happens all the time. But that ain't the right way for a relationship to function. And at this point, Aaron Rodgers has the Packers jumping through hoops, and now his production isn't what it, what it used to be. The fact that they didn't make the playoffs, I ain't, I ain't putting up with this no more. What we now getting from you and probably getting from you going forward we could get this out of Jordan Love without the headaches. Like, we draft well. We develop our talent well here because we, we have to. We don't have the money to do anything else. So for us, this is what we have to do. And clearing him, believe it or not, I think clearing him out of that building will give a breath of fresh air for a lot of people that want to do things in different directions, but they can't because of him. So I don't necessarily think that this is more of an Aaron Rodgers making a move. I think the Packers are going to shock the world and go, you know what? This has been great. 
we're good. We're good. Thanks. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Yeah. And I think that's going to be the seismic shift because the Jets are open. The Jets have already asked about them, but at this point, they won't weigh too much. The Raiders will probably kick the tires on him. And if I'm smart in, in Tennessee, I'm kicking the tires on him because the clock on this is ticking as well. So he'll have a ton of options. He'll have a lot of places to go. But I think that's really going to be the, the, the real bomb that goes off uh, uh, from the quarterbacks this offseason. Yeah, I mean, if he moves on, it'll be huge. And and Green Bay, when they're when they're rid of you, they're rid of you. Right. I thought they sent a message that they went and got nobody at the trade deadline, and just basically said, "We're just gonna see where this goes." Like the end of the Favre deal, and when Favre's you know end was the end, it wasn't pretty anymore for for both parties, and they're done. And uh, so it'll be interesting, or they can just you know figure out. I don't know. Uh, what, I, I mean, what like they, they're already done with them. It, it, like I said, this season proved that they were like, we're not going to get anybody to help you. And, you know, you're going to lose the Lions on the way out. <laughs> I think the fact that Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a contract situation figured out. I, I think that's the second because the car being cut, wherever he goes, their car's OK. Their car's not a world changer. Yeah. So. Derek Carr changing no. teams would be like Kirk Cousins leaving the Redskins at the time for the Vikings. Like, yeah, that's good for the Vikings. That doesn't impact the rest right. of the NFL. Like, it's good for Derek Carr's pocketbook. It was good for Kirk Cousins' pocketbook. When Kirk Cousins went to the Vikings, no one in the NFC North started shaking in their boots. Like, no, he doesn't do that. No, Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers do that. Uh, Lamar Jackson move would be seismic depending on where he, regardless of where he lands, because I think that Lamar Jackson is such a unique talent in the NFL that people would have to wake up and address those, that move on their own roster on the defensive side of the ball going forward. And so I, I think that's going to be the hardest one to, do, to, to, to dictate or determine where it happens. Because if I'm the Ravens, look around the landscape, pay them. Because who you going to get in there in that division now? In that division with Joe Burrow and with Deshaun Watson, who's going to be better next year. You're going to now, you're starting off third if you do not have Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson, damn, you still might be third. But you won't be no worse than third if you got him. And Because Pittsburgh, I mean, good luck. God bless you. But Kenny Pickett's, that's nice. But Kenny Pickett to me is Kirk Cousins. Kenny Pickett is David Carr or Derek Carr, whichever one he is. The same thing. Same car, same block, same circle you're driving in. So, But Pittsburgh will show up with Pickett, though. That's the one thing. They'll always show up with that guy. True. Baltimore's in this, you know, and they're in this kind of muck of um, where is he, when is he, how is he, <laughs> you know? That's true. That's true. I, I – which team – if 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 there was a trade for Lamar Jackson, who do you think would be the team to step up and volunteer themselves for the services? I think you know. I think he would do well in New Orleans. I think that kind of a you know maybe playing indoors um, in that type of division where uh, you know he can still run the ball, you know, with some freedom and you know have a defense that's there, you know. And I don't know. I mean, but I, I feel like, you know, I don't know what their, 
intentions are, draft whatever their future quarterback intentions are. But I just feel like he'd look good in a Saints uniform if, if somehow that could happen. I think if you're, um, a, uh, I think if you're the Miami Dolphins, this is your guy. You already you can you can give them a quarterback to replace losing one. Is he the same? Hell no. But if you're gonna lose one, at least you get a serviceable one in return. As long as you get him one of them big old helmets, so he don't keep getting concussions. But a Tua for Jackson Swap, they said they're saying they're committed to Tua. They are until Lamar Jackson becomes available, just like they were committed to Tua until until Deshaun Watson became available, and then when he was no more, they recommitted. <laughs> yeah. So next, when we come back, I see a lot of y'all mad at LeBron James. And I got some really bad news for y'all, but I want y'all to come back to find out what the news is because it might help you going forward. Brown and Lawhead, Mitre 1090, ESPN. We back. Brown and Lawhead back here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. I'm John Browner, as always, joined by my main man, Jason Lawhead, as we navigate the return of sports to, I don't know, the desert. And I don't know how many people you are pumped about the XFL, but that's going to happen this Sunday. But football, for the most part, is gone. And now we, I mean, we kind of get into our wheelhouse of basketball because I'm a basketball wheelhouse guy. Jason, I, mm-hmm. I consider you a basketball wheelhouse guy. I mean, the game I was, you know, raised around, you know. You know, there's my dad with John Wooden, you know, hanging in the halls. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll always love the game. Absolutely. May have criticisms, may have criticisms of of some of it at all levels, whatever. But we'll (laughs) always love the game. As always, you can find us with with anything you miss on the iTunes podcast store and on the YouTube under Kaplan and Crew. If you're not already listening and enjoying the show, we come Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Hopefully, we'll start to expand that as we go ahead uh, time-wise. But we got what we got for now. Um, For all the people who were upset about LeBron James being at the Super Bowl and not playing in the last two Laker games, uh, listen, I'm going to be really frank with a lot of y'all. I don't know if y'all know this. He's rich. And I mean like rich, rich, rich. So he don't have to go to the airport like the rest of us. He ain't got to wait for his <laughs> bags like the rest of us. He don't got to check it to his hotel like the rest of us. Like when he goes to the airport, he gets like right on the plane. He don't have to be there two hours before. He ain't got to worry about checking his bags. Okay, his party go. You imagine seeing you imagine seeing LeBron in like the the Zone Six boarding group right. on his way to OKC and coach on like waiting, Alaska waiting Airlines. For, yeah, waiting for Group B to board. Yeah, right. Here comes LeBron. Like, no, no, bro. He's just like standing over everybody. Hey, is this zone is this Zone Six? Yeah, actually, you're back. You're behind. Yeah, no, this is yeah. Zone Five. <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm C. Yeah, sorry. me and my wife. Sorry. Me and my wife. So, hey, congrats. We are, and, Congrats on the scoring title the other night. Right. But you're you're a zone, you're a zone back, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife, we are D and E. Yeah, we're D. And, yep, we're D and E. Yeah, that's us. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. You can't sit next to your girlfriend this flight. We, we're D. Kind of funny because we couldn't even afford nosebleeds to the game the other night, but we're in a better uh, boarding group than you. Interesting, isn't that? So, isn't that funny? <laughs> so, the idea that people are like, oh, he's not playing. Why is he? 
Because he's rich, man. Because uh-huh. he's rich. That's how he gets to do that. And if you seen him as a Laker fan, that made you mad. You need to make more money. That's all I can tell you. If that pissed you off, then you need to do better so you can see what that upper crust is like. Where you can realize the fact that, oh, when is the flight? An hour? All right, let's leave here in 20 minutes. That'll never be you. That'll never be you. But it's okay because you can still have a positive, healthy, fun life without having all that. Because he got it. He got it. So the fact that people are screaming about, oh, he hasn't played. He said he's hurt. Like, yeah, man, the guy's so rich he can have his ankle treated in the suite while watching the Super Bowl with his wife. Okay? so Exactly. Let that go. Drop that case, okay? Whoever you are, drop that case. Don't take that to Judge Lawhead, okay? Because he going to throw it out. Let LeBron be a rich guy. When he plays, he plays. <laughs> like, your problem as a Laker fan is Anthony Davis at this point. Your problem up until recently, the trade deadline, was Rob Palenka. And we're going to get into the trade deadline in a second. Your problem is with the other things on the Lakers, not LeBron. Because of all the things on the Lakers, he's been the most efficient and he's been the only thing you can count on since he's been here. So cut it. Cut it. Period. End of story. Because the NBA trade deadline, although it helped the Lakers, it showed the Lakers how far they are away from contending. And I think he kind of looked at that too. It was like, I'm going to give it all I got. But let's get everybody available before I come back and waste my time doing this. So, of the moves that you saw made, Jason, I'll run down some of them. Kyrie to Dallas. uh, Katie to the Suns. uh, Westbrook out of L.A. And a lot of other younger parts in, which I'm intrigued to see where that goes. Uh, The Clippers made, basically, all 30 30 of the, 28 of the 30 teams made trades except for Chicago and Cleveland. There was a lot of moving around once KD moved. Yeah. Uh, Now that the dust has settled and everybody's going where they're going after this whole uh, Portland, Golden State, uh, rib injury, whatever thing with Gary Payton II, the KD move is so massive. So massive. Yeah. Are they the title favorites for you now? I I think so. I I I think that you know, um, with what they've got, their ability to score a lot of points. If you look at most teams contending in the West, they're already you know, um, a, a, you know below the the average of giving up points per game. Um, I think he's going to make them just tougher at both ends. I mean, him and eight, and how long and how long they are to defend around the paint and the goal and how diverse they are from the perimeter all the way in to the, to the inside offensively to score. And they, they can kill you by so many different ways. The way Aiton kind of plays the bully ball down there inside the way Durant can play so many different versions of his game um, from the beyond the three point arc all the way to the rim. I mean, now Booker, the amount of spots on the floor he can score on. Uh, and, you know, they, well, they're well coached. Yeah, they gave up some stuff, but you're going to have to to get Kevin Durant to join that team. I mean, this is a team that was and has been 
just that one kind of extra assassin away from being a, probably a champion. And if they can hold all this together, they're going to be really tough to beat. They're going to be really tough to beat in this West. I think that when we <clears throat> overlook the trades, the minor things done, the uh, trading five picks. That, by the way, the amount of picks that have been traded in the NBA recently is utterly laughable. It's utterly laughable. I don't <laughs> – the second-round pick guy that develops into what Draymond Green or Jokic or Gilbert Arenas – like, that's so rare. The fact that these guys are trading second-round picks, these are just money moves for people who don't really understand. You see all these picks and you go, oh, man, he, they, they got a lot of picks. Picks are dumb mm-hmm. in the NBA. If you don't have the top, I don't, I'm going to say six picks, five if we're really being serious, the pick's really worth nothing. Because how often do teams develop guys? Like, look at it this way. The Warriors got James Wiseman. Steve Kerr put zero development into that young man. They basically traded the number two pick three years ago for five second-round picks. That's basically what they did. Because Steve Kerr didn't want to develop him. Steve Kerr doesn't want to develop Moses Moody. He is poorly developing Jonathan Kaminga. And people keep telling me about Jordan Poole when Jordan Poole had to go to the G League to develop. What's happening What's happening in transition with the Warriors is because the picks don't develop. And unless the pick arrives already good, like this kid in Orlando or like LaMelo Ball, the development arc doesn't necessarily exist in the NBA anymore because no one's got the patience to develop these kids, man. Right. Oftentimes, yep. by the time you get to the development stage, the new contract is up. So this is a situation where the smaller moves mean very little to me. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint of Katie to the Suns and them not having to give up Aiden because apparently the Nets didn't want him, keeping Booker and Chris Paul, adding Kevin Durant. The fifth person doesn't matter. I can't I can't remember. Go ahead. I'm just saying, you got Aiton down there who's just, you know. A former number one pick. And, you know, putting numbers up. I mean, mean, how much better is he going to be with Durant down there in the block roaming around with him? He's not a stiff. Listen, if uh, if DeAndre Aiton, and I know DeAndre Aiton, uh, so – what they what do they say when uh, full disclosure? Uh-huh. <laughs> full disclosure. I know DeAndre Aiden. Okay. The fact that no one will be able to box him out now, he's his point total will go up, not in a way that other people are seeing it. These won't be post scored because they don't need to be. Because with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, the effect that they're going to draw guys with the addition of Chris Paul being able to mm. run this offense. Unlike anything Kevin Durant's ever had in his career, Chris Paul will tell you, where do you want it? And then direct everybody else to make sure you get the ball where you want it, how you want it. Kevin Durant's never had that. And so now to go into that, and people say, oh, it's going to take time. No, it won't, because Kevin Durant is the most plug-and-play player we may have ever had in the history of the NBA. He doesn't need you to carve out these things in your offense for him. You put him in his position and say, run this offense. Wherever he catches well, the ball, he can score. Well, 
That's the thing. Durant can play with his back to the basket exactly. anywhere on the floor. So he, you know, traditionally you play with your back to the basket from you know the low block in inside the elbow down. I mean, wherever he needs the ball, you don't even have to have. You can just go ISO him anywhere and just go go like this, and then I'll, I'll throw it to this hand. And then yeah. He's got a, then then he just operates from there, and you're on an island with him oftentimes. Because I, I think a lot of people have said, oh, Aiden's going to be so much better because of him. The question is becoming, are they better than the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant on it? And I'm I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, my answer to that question will be yes. Now, you won't be able to see it this year. You'll see more of it next year. But the answer to that question is yes, because you know what the Suns have, the Warriors never did, DeAndre Aiden. And I think that's going to be the big difference, because Chris Paul is going to play right. the, the uh, Draymond Green role. Devin Booker is going to play the Klay Thompson role and Kevin Durant's going to be the Steph Curry. Like, I don't, I don't think the level of the level of balance on this roster. I've never seen it before. They've got almost an all-star at four of the five positions. Like this is going to be something to watch. And people keep saying, Oh, the bench, the bench, the bench in the NBA playoffs. If you watch it, you know, seven to eight man rotations. So two of those dudes from the starting line, two of the four will always be on the court unless it's a blowout one way or the other. But Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, two of those guys will be on the court at all times. So the depth issue isn't really a thing to me. But you still have Damian Lee. You still have Cameron Payne. You traded and got TJ Warren. So you yeah, have I mean, Bismack Biombo. You have guys. And you're actually going to be able to offload a lot of Aiton's minutes down this stretch to rest him, to get him ready for the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you something. Aiton is the kind of centerpiece of a playoff team. He's the kind of player that when you go in, and he was vital for why they got as far as they did and were able to jump on Milwaukee. I don't think he had enough help along that front line. Right. And when, when he got into foul trouble is when you look at that, that the, the series – Milwaukee made their hay in that mm-hmm. series when Aiton was on the bench in foul trouble. So I think if you can, you can actually probably with these kinds of rotations and being able to attack so many ways, he, he might be able to get some like needed kind of just time off towards the end, playing him 28, 29 minutes to get him ready to play 37 to 40 minutes a night in the playoffs. No, that's be, to the they're going to be, be good. That'd be tough. Let's get to the Lakers roster now. So, due to the trade season, the Lakers have now added Mo Bamba, Malik Beasley, uh, Rui Hachimura, which we all are aware of, uh, and and James and Jarrett Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell. That's a lot. That's a lot in a short span of time. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell guy, but he's efficient. He can play the game. So that's an addition at the point guard position. He's not a traditional point guard, but he is an addition over what they had because that what they had didn't work. It didn't mix well. Um, I think that the addition that no one is talking about is Mo Bamba. If the Lakers can find a way to play, because Mo Bamba can shoot threes and protect the basket and rebound, not at a high level that he's an all-star, but at a serviceable level, think JaVale McGee, Minus the silliness. That's what Mo Bamba is, even though he's suspended for punching the guy. I think Mo Bamba's addition to the Lakers will give the Lakers a level of speed and youth at the basket that they were trying to find 
to start the season when they moved all the older guys for younger guys. I think Mo Bamba is in a spot where him and AD on the court, he can now do the dirty work that AD doesn't want to do. If AD wants to do anything at this point, because I've been watching AD the last couple of games, and buddy, you stink. Man. He looks like he, he's just coming in off the, like the snooze alarm. Like He just hit the snooze alarm, and then he's just coming out to play. He's just like, ha, 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 I mean, he looks... I watch him. I you know how like when somebody yawns, you yawn. I watch him. I get tired, dude. I don't know. I because I, the Lakers' biggest problem isn't LeBron. It's whatever the hell is wrong with AD. I I honestly think that he was he heard about his name being in trade talks and it was real, and he's been pouting about it ever since. So he's got to have a come to Jesus moment with Rob Palenka or Jenny Buss or LeBron or all three or his people at Clutch or however, whomever, however. Because the Lakers won't do anything if they can't get him right. Because if you get him and Bamba right, the defensive rotations will clean up a lot of the Lakers' defensive issues because the Lakers' problem isn't offense, it's defense. They can't stop anybody. And Mo Bamba can help that with the addition of AD, right mind AD. They have two problems, and it's defense. Yeah, clearly. Yes, and 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 it's 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 closing lineup offense a lot of times, and, well, and their well, with offensive Russ struggle out, with, with, with Russ out now. You have another. We'll see. Team. We're gonna see how D'Angelo Russell can he facilitate and Malik enough. Beasley. Well, well the ball. I mean, with with his ball dominant as LeBron is. True. As much as D'Angelo needs it one-on-one to operate, will D'Angelo be able to facilitate and move the ball out of his hands into open guys' hands and get good shots for others in the in the last seven, eight, nine minutes of games? Because he's going to have to be that guy. And yeah, if that defense gets better because of everything you said, they've got to get. They've still got to get better against really good teams. You got to be able to have a good closing scoring lineup while you're getting stops. Those yeah. stops won't matter eventually if you can't, you know, go put teams down, you know, um, by just 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 scoring um, down the stretch and, and being able to, you know, execute half court sets, being able to get second chance points and get being, you know, all that stuff. So we'll see. Um, now, obviously, we talked about the two big trades. Now, we've actually because it's been such a nice amount of time between the trade deadline and now. We've actually seen Kyrie and Luca play together. They're 0 and 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's an encouraging 0 and 2. You've seen them play well together, but you've also seen the biggest gaping hole that we all knew would be there. Their defense is utterly disgusting. Like it is right. it's bad bad. And it's bad bad from those two guys. I I always thought Kyrie had decent defense, but the last couple of games, I've, I've seen three of the four games he's played. His defense is atrocious, and Luca is worse than him. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how in a playoff scenario you don't go, hey man, we finna do the same thing that they doing to us. We finna find the weakest defender, and we we go one on one with that guy. And that's and at at that point, you just you know picking one. 
And uh, and another thing, what they better do. So, I mean, this doesn't obviously become a problem because you could just see that that, that it easily could be with these two guys. Is at, at the end of the day, because of that, because they're not, they can't stop anybody, and they have to be on the floor down the stretch. They're going to be in a lot of these last minute games. Yep, they're going to be in a lot of them, whether they win them or lose them. And the the point is, is who's going to be the guy here? Like. What, how's that? Because you better get on the same train that you're going to be in this situation a lot for last shot ball. Who's got the, their hands on the ball last? Who's bringing it up last? Because, uh, you know, in, against Sacramento, Kyrie, who held them together that night to get them through that overtime, then just hands the ball off and goes and hides in the corner. He just got the inbound. I don't know if you saw it. And just like with his head yeah. down, handed it yeah. off to Luca. Luca got it. Luca just dribbled three times and let the double team come out to him and just fired some 30-footer that went short off the rim. And you're sitting there going, wait, Kyrie had just hit a running three to tie it over here. A, a high kiss off the glass left-handed here. So how long is that going to be cool? Right. Because we all know at some point he'll blow up on you. So I don't I care if one has 30, one has 29 every other night. How long Correct. is that going to work out? Correct. I don't – I after watching them play, offensively, it's beautiful. At the end of the last uh, two minutes of the game, it was ugly. It was ugly. Now And also now, that's on Jason Kidd. Because if – as a, a guy like Jason Kidd, who is a Hall of Famer, who has an NBA championship, he should be able to say, you're going to do this, this, and this. They don't have a plan. Like, I've watched them. They don't have a plan. He's not drawing up plays out of bounds, or he's not drawing up sets that work with both of these guys in movement like the Warriors do, which makes them pretty much undefensible. He's just like, oh, go do a thing. Go go do a thing. And they don't. So we'll find out more from them. You'll find out more from us next week. Brown and Lawhead, check out the XFL game and see if that tickles your fancy. Till next week, peace.